Radio with a vision. Vision View Sports Radio. Did you do any sad boys? Yeah? Sad that boys. you this morning? Sad boys, not at all. No? I had a great really? Sunday, so trust. Okay. I thought the pain of watching Hamilton, oh, Hamilton not win, and watching, you know, my man in the Red Bull win more would well, contribute to a bad weekend. Well, here's, here's the thing. Um, I, and I said this yesterday. Mercedes have kept us high on copium. And moral high ground the yeah, whole yeah. year. Like that's really what we've been running on. <laughs> there haven't been any victories whatsoever. So they actually have something on paper or on track that's happening to be happy about. The second place, geez, I'm happy, man. Um, we'll take it, I suppose, right? Towards the back it's end a of the we'll season, take yeah. It. It's a we'll take it. Um, let's talk about Max Verstappen. How good was he? He was in Max Verstappen form, championship winning car, um, really good trim, whether it's down the straights or in the mid sectors. But um, I think Mercedes had more to say than Red Bull in the mid-sector and Ferrari um, this weekend. I think they performed really well in a high downforce condition. And Red Bull's car would give them their, their straight line advantage, would just offset anything yeah. Mercedes are doing in the tighter sections. So Max Verstappen, again, championship management, um, but reflective of just how dominant Red Bull are. I mean, you get in the what, last 12, 11 or 12 laps, there was a whole fumble. Um, with Max Verstappen's pit stop, and you got uh, an 11-second pit stop, which, of course, is a lifetime. You're basically starting the race again at yeah. that point from last. And he lost maybe three or four places. And at that point, Hamilton had already pitted onto a different set of compounds. I think he went onto hards, um, which works well for the Mercedes in yeah. any case. And Max was pitting for mediums, which is the faster tyre. If you're leaving on equal footing at that point after your pit stops, then it's great. But Max Verstappen with an 11-second disadvantage, you'd expect he'd fall away. But not only does it make up places passing uh, Leclerc, Perez, and Russell, I think, in the process, he then passes Hamilton and puts three seconds on him. Mm. So it kind of tells you just how, you know, in the lap of luxury, Red Bull has been all year. The pace is incredible. So there really wasn't a challenge, much of a challenge for him. It's one of those where it's like, you, I don't know, you're playing, you're playing soccer with a bunch of 10-year-olds. <laughs> ah, grown yes. man. You give yourself a Which couple I've of disadvantages. Which I've done for my ego for sure, so I know that feeling very well. 100%. Mm-hmm. You, you know you're going to catch up eventually, even if you're scoring 10 goals in the last five yeah. minutes of the game. So yeah, that type of thing. All right, well, we have audio here from Max Verstappen himself. This is him post-race, yeah? Yeah. Let's take a listen. Yeah, I mean, obviously for us, um, it's been a tough weekend. Um, and uh, we really wanted to win today. And I mean, everything was looking great, but... With that, uh, with that final stop, 11-second uh, pit stop, that was not not the best. After, of course, that the field was quite close because of the safety cars. Um, so yeah, we had to um, yeah recover quite a bit. And um, uh, initially, I had, of course, a good battle with Charles. Um, and once I got ahead, I felt like I damaged my tires a little bit too much in the beginning of that new tire set. So the first few laps, when I was not really catching like I wanted to to Lewis, uh, but then. I think once I recovered with the tires, they, uh, yeah, I could close in a bit, uh, step by step, and then of course, um, yeah, went for for the move into 12, and uh, it was a few laps tough to to get him out of the DRS. Um, in general, I think throughout the race, you could see it also when I passed Charles, he could stay in the DRS for a few laps uh, around here, and it, it seemed like it was quite powerful. Um, so yeah, it was not made easy for us, but at the end, um, of course, extremely happy to win in this difficult weekend for us. And <laughs> I think this was actually like a race he would have loved to see. So yeah, of course, I'm sad, um, but I'm also incredibly proud of the whole team, also the way they've operated the whole weekend. Um, of course, apart from from the pit stop, but that was a gun failure, and these things unfortunately can happen. 
Um, but yeah, we kept it together and we won also the constructors. So I'm, I'm, I'm very proud that everyone also, you know, <clears throat> the, the people who don't even come to the track back at the factory, you know, the, the effort they have put into this car as well this year, it's been enormous. And I'm very proud of everyone, um, you know, to secure this. Yeah, um, also an emotionally charged victory, I think, for the fact that Red Bull obviously on this weekend had their chance to wrap up the Constructors' Championship as well, which which they done brilliantly and really was, the writing was on the wall, it was inevitable. Uh, but also uh, the passing of Dietrich uh, Matizic, who, who um, is the founder, of course, of Red Bull and 40, 49% owner of the company. Um, historic figure i think in, the, in his contribution to motorsport as a whole not just formula one we're talking just across the board yeah. in motorsport across the board in extreme sports red bull is um and then i think in one of the anomalies when it comes to uh, business and marketing and its crossover ability and its ability to sort of establish itself in cultures that it doesn't necessarily stem from mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an energy drink at the end of the day but it's so well ingrained into those several disciplines that you've seen ripple in that um, it really makes it quite a unique brand and he's the the mastermind uh, by and large behind that so um, um we learned of his passing during um the wait in fact for a verdict um for for between fia and red bull and the whole cost cap thing so so much has happened over this weekend jesus crazy um it's there was so much we were anticipating at that point. I mean, at, at that point, with, we're hearing about meetings and Red Bull staff going to the canteen or the, the hospitality um, and, and gathering there. And we thought that was regarding FIA and what FIA was saying. But actually, I think we heard that that is the point where they learned that he actually had passed away um, at the age of 78 after a long illness. Um, so, yeah, emotionally charged victory for Red Bull. And securing the constructors, I guess, makes it um, that much more poetic and meaningful, meaningful yeah. to them. But um, I guess since we're here, the whole cost cap thing um, would then be postponed um, <laughs> as, as a natural, um, as, as anyone would expect. Hey, it's not right to be announcing whatever news. We don't know if it's good or bad news uh, in the middle oh, of why? morning. Red Bull why? of morning. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Red Bull be serious. Listen, Red Bull of morning. Um, respect. Okay. Respect wow. the dead. So <laughs> Fia, have Fia and Red Bull have come to an agreement. Um, but they're delaying the announcement of it until later in the week out of respect for the team. Of the... Exactly. Obviously, if they've come to an agreement, then it favors Red Bull. 100%. And mm -hmm. also, we, I mean, look, there's, there's a certain strategy and formula that comes with um, organizations and engagement with media and public statements. Um, you go from a point where you know that the public sentiment is just rage and just fury against the wrong, right? So you let that come out. You let that sort of let people vent. And then the headlines and feedback we get then sort of controls our focus. So we've gone from a point where we absolutely know and feel that Red Bull cheated, right? But the narratives slowly um, do away with... <laughs> the extreme yeah. punishment we want, which is taking away the championships, reduction of yeah, points, et cetera, et cetera. So we went from all those possibilities being narrowed down into a list of two or three things. And those two or three things are what, what are going to be announced later on in the week. And the likelihood, um, the last, I suppose, possible, pun possible punishment we heard of was the 25% reduction in their future aerodynamic development. Um, which is a, nat a natural occurrence anyway with dominant teams. We spoke about the aerodynamic testing uh, regulations yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, restrictions. Yeah. So they already have limited time as a dominant team, but now there's a potential that they, that may be lessened even more. Okay. But um, 
as we heard that, then we heard Red Bull also turn down the offer that FIA had initially given them. So this announcement that's coming is going to give us a more clear understanding of what exactly what punishment they're happy to receive, which sounds absolutely yeah, yeah. bizarre. Like, we'll prefer this. <laughs> we hear you that 25%, but you know what? We'll take five. I love it, which, which suggests... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's, there's two things happening here parallel to each other, right? We know there's the, the wrong in a sense of the sentiment yeah. of everything. What we know is absolutely wrong to happen, which is cheating in an advantage that lasts two to three years. Mm. Absolutely wrong, right? In a sporting sense. Then there's also what is said on paper when it comes to regulations with FIA and the sport as a whole, which is a constant moving goalpost. But unfortunately, we constantly have to refer to those goalposts. Yeah. And the people that make those rules aren't exactly consistent. So they can, it's like that plausible deniability type of thing mm. where because it says this on paper, you can, you can make that announcement and piss off millions of people. But because it says that on paper, you can get away with it. So it, it's, it's, those, it's that constant dance between the two, and it's very frustrating. But um, we'll see what the announcement is going to be. And we know what we expected, but we know what we're not, not going to get. We're absolutely not going to get what we want here. But um, it, it comes with the territory. Yeah, we'll it see. comes with the lifestyle. Let's talk about Lewis Hamilton, man. Pinch me, I must be dreaming. Lewis Hamilton was close to his first win of the season. I know. I know. What alternate reality are we in right now? Here's, Who broke the simulation? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think Mercedes was still in the simulation. Mm. <laughs> we're definitely, make no mistake. Okay, even he himself said, uh, yeah. "Be a bit realistic." I mean, we're going to hear from him in a bit. Yeah. But um, I think Mercedes are far from the Mercedes we we knew um, last year, where we were one guaranteed a win. Um, from at least Lewis Hamilton, who's had a win in every single um, season mm -hmm. of his career. And that record, eh, dwindling. The door's closing on that one for this year. Absol I mean, look at what Red Bull's doing. Um, but more importantly, look at what the W13 is doing, or rather what it's not doing. It can't compete on straight line speed. It's better on, on race pace than qualifying. So it isn't yet the all-round package that... Um, Mercedes are known to present to us over the past yeah. um, few years in the turbo hybrid era. So, um, of, of course, Lewis Hamilton would articulate it a bit better himself, but it's it's really far from being out of the simulation. Yeah. All right. Let's take a listen to what Louis Louis Hams had to say after the race. Sir Louis Hams, by the way. Oh, yeah. We've, well, we've had problems with our brakes all year, and um, just with the separation, basically, when you hit the brake. Uh, instead of both fronts doing the same amount of work, uh, either the left one does more or the right one does more uh, because one gains more temperature. And uh, so we had a temperature, a huge temperature split, which was basically the left one wasn't really working. Um, so they had to change the, change the brakes. And um, it's something we've seen a lot through the year with these newer, bigger drums. And so uh, something we're working on fixing. I think we really need to be realistic um, the Red Bull car has been the fastest car by far all year and it is still the fastest car so today we we were uh, you know we're in the position we're in through a lot of the races through reliability you know we lost uh, Charles um, if Charles was there if, if Perez was there for example it would have been a different race because they would have been ahead of us, we would have been on the third row. And so, uh, you know, I think today was, it was great to have started third and, and been in position to fight, but out of true pace, they've, they've been ahead of us all, all weekend and uh, they were today and they will be the next three races. So 
unless something drastic happens to to any more of them, uh, for example, uh, then it's it's highly unlikely that we'll have the true pace to be able to compete with them. But we'll give it. A we'll give it everything we got. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm wrapping up what Lewis Hamilton would have said. We'll give it yeah. everything we got, but it's unlikely. Yeah, and the everything and that, is very questionable to be a lot. <laughs> that's the disappointing part about F1. It's just like this because it's such a, like a technical sport, right? Yeah. Numbers based. You kind of know what you got. Hundred percent. There is no room for hope in in a season where you know that this team is just miles exactly. back. It's 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 sad. Exactly. So and there's the, there's these little pockets of Formula One mm. uh, fandom where there's people who are absolutely living in just bliss, copium, copium utopia, and just pure hope. That Mercedes are back to their glory days. <laughs> Why? Just... Everyone's telling you we're not. <laughs> He's like, you know what they are? No, we're not. Like Hamilton oh, comes out and said the whole season, we're not. My favorite, He's like, my you know favorite what? part is, dude, we've had 19, how many races? 19, 20 races this, this year. And it's the same pattern. 20 times we've seen a situation where Red Bull, sorry, if Mercedes are fast in FP1, they give us a 1 2. Honestly. And free practice 1, bro. And people are like, like yeah. And you see people's hopes dwindle from there that. There we go. <laughs> we're back. By the time qualifying comes, it's like, oh, geez, we're here again. It's insane. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. But um, yeah, man, the, the numbers speak for themselves. It's just been the same pattern all year. At the moment, um, well, as far as the USGP are concerned, um, I guess we'll then segue into how everyone else performed. But Red Bull were. Three to three and a half to four tens ahead of Mercedes yeah. on race pace. Crazy. Um, seven tens ahead of Ferrari. I mean, it's it's Red Bull by by way of or rather through Max Verstappen's data. Of course, uh, Checo Perez would be a bit different, but generally, just Red Bull are miles ahead of these people. And it's that golden, um, not ratio, but that golden number, that zero point three, is mm. that sweet spot for a car to be in in terms of undeniable advantage over everyone. That's what Mercedes enjoyed for a good chunk of the turbo hybrid era, and that's where Red Bull are now for questionable reasons, or by questionable means, at least, um, as far as we know. So, um, but overall, impressive runners um, for the weekend. Aston Martin were in scintillating form, both with, with Stroll and Vettel, until Stroll, of course, um, <laughs> made a questionable move to the left um, when uh, Fernando Alonso was trying to make a pass on him, uh, which... Stroll seems to have established as his signature in situations like that. Yeah. He just does not give you room in, in, in those instances. But I think his thinking as well was, look, USGP, um, uh, rather the Circuit of the Americas is one of the widest tracks you'll have. You can have, have like 20 cars abreast if you want at certain corners. And he thought he gave Fernando Alonso space, but mm. uh, not a uh, different perspective, of course, from Alonso. And it's, it's a traditional overtaking move. In instances like that, every millimeter counts. And this, the millimeters that counted didn't, didn't count so well this time around. And it ended up with Alonso going airborne. But, wow. um, yeah, yeah, serious damage uh, done to his car, but somehow um, not terminal. And he managed to get to the pits and, and finish the race. But unfortunately for them, Haas protested the fact that his car was unsafe when he was making his way back to the pits. He should have been given a black and orange flag. So his overall seventh finish was knocked down to a P15. Um, because of that protest and the unsafe um, condition of the car. Um, but yeah, impressive overall from um, Aston Martin. Vettel, brilliant action between him and, and Kevin Magnussen towards the end. Lando Norris started sixth, finished sixth. Despite the disadvantages, he overcame a few challenges in terms of un uh, bad luck with the safety cars um, and then coming back and having to work his way off the field, up the field. But um, he performed very well. I think his car seemed to have a, a bit of a better balance in, between straight line speed and um, your, high, uh, your downforce. Um, that counted for everything in the tighter sections, your ability under braking, mm. um, how much lateral um, acceleration you're getting at that point of the track. 
um, is really important and and would offset if any disadvantage if you have it um, down the straight, which is which was the case with Mercedes, and that's why they performed so well because lateral acceleration was pretty high as compared to Ferrari and, and uh, Red Bull. Um, Yuki Tsunoda in the points. Um, of course, he got promoted because of the Alonso um, penalty. So he got a P9, which is great for him, one of his better weekends. I think he's had a serious points drought for a while now. Esteban Ocon also up into the points. He had a sleeper of a weekend. He's usually quite impressive. But Alonso outperformed him, I think, this time around. Mick Schumacher on the wrong side of strategy. Um, he shouldn't have been on a two-stopper. Better, he would have been better off, I think, um, in a, a, a one-stopper just like Kevin. But, of course, split strategies. Plus, he's yeah. Mick Schumacher, so... Not exactly in the great books. Mm. And he's cost the team like five million. <laughs> this that guy's been bashing whips, bro. Dude, in the f- in the first three races, he was two million deep in terms of damage. It's a, ho- it's a whole other car. Insurance companies were found shaking, eh? Jeez. Um, but good uh, good news. Uh, MoneyGram now sponsors Haas, so it's MoneyGram Haas um, going forward. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think money is a good thing to have at the front of your I agree name in a Formula One situation. Um, we should name this show Money Sports Daily. <laughs> <laughs> If we're manifesting things, why not oh, give it a go? Wait, and it's a directly reflect on your salary. Yeah, yeah, why not give it a bash? Yeah? <laughs> yeah. We'll call you Money Mundo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but a good weekend for, for Money Graham Haas. One of their better weekends. Both yeah. cars finished. Um, really impressive, I think. Um, who, who else stood out to me? Um, yeah, pretty much. Ooh, a nice battle between Alex Albon and Yuki Tsunoda. That was nice to see. And a brilliant battle between Checo Perez and Charlotte Clerk. Also, I mean, Charlotte Clerk is Charlotte Clerk. He has the ability. And on the weekend... I think this was his weekend to secure that podium finish, and he absolutely did, um, despite the obstacles and challenges as well. And really bad luck for, for Carlos Sainz, who got taken out by George Russell at the beginning of the race. And um, his, his um, intercooler was damaged, so his temperature was all over the show, and he couldn't finish the race. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, starting, imagine, he was at pole position. This, I think, was one of the races where he absolutely could have secured himself a win, if not a, a decent second place, if you look at the performance, at least, of Charlotte Clerk and his car. On the weekend, but um, in a very quick and concise mouthful, that was the U.S. Grand Prix. Yeah, thank you so much, Prince, for for whittling it all down to a couple of words. Appreciate that. So uh, you almost forget if you watch the season that it's a farewell season for Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, he's on his yeah. way out. You wouldn't you wouldn't yeah. remember. You wouldn't remember. And- you wouldn't remember that, <laughs> given the way things are going. Yeah. But listen, thanks so much for doing it with us, Prince. Appreciate your time as always. We'll do it again on Friday. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, we're out of here. This is Vision View Sports Radio.